Cinema Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, let me bring things up to date. If you're a regular visitor to the Paracast forums, you might have seen a post we put up about the impending appearance of Nick Redfern to discuss his new book from Llewellyn about shapeshifters. And that's, you know, pretty good for the Halloween season and everything. And it's about werewolves and all that good stuff. You know, I think of shapeshifters from the TV show True Blood. You saw that, Paul Kimball, right? Remember that show? I remember the show, but I never actually watched it. Well, everybody was a shapeshifter. I mean, a lot of the characters. But the way they did it there, by the way, because it was an R-rated TV show on a premium network, the shapeshifter would first pull his clothes off or her clothes off and then become the other creature. The wolf or the eagle, whatever they're going to be. Shapeshifting. Okay. So we want to talk about that with Nick because he has a good slant on everything and he writes great books. Unfortunately, Nick came down with an infection. It made it you know, a little rough for him to talk and he's on antibiotics and he'll be okay next week. You know, it's nothing serious. It's one of those things. So I contacted Paul Kimball because I figured this is the Halloween season. He's got a new TV show he's working on. It's called Haunted. Just appropriate so we'd bring him on. But Paul, before we get into the nitty gritty of ghosts and hauntings and all that stuff, let's toss this out and get rid of a couple of other subjects. So last week, speaking of that other subject, the 50th anniversary Shag Harbor UFO Festival, you were a speaker there. Yeah, it was the 50th anniversary of Shag Harbor here in Nova Scotia, up here in Canada. So it was a big kind of festival. There were about 200 people there. It's a very isolated community on the South Shore, probably about three hours from Halifax, where I live. But a lot of witnesses, including the original witnesses from the case, Lori Wickens and others. Uh, Chris Stiles was the keynote speaker. Uh, Graham Sims, my friend who uh, co-wrote the last Shag Harbor book with Chris. Aaron Gullius came up from the United States. I brought Aaron up to talk about the history of UFO crashes. Uh, And I sort of spoke about the theoretical framework for UFO studies in the 21st century. And, And there were other speakers, too. In fact, we actually had some contactees. Which, which was very, Aaron's sort of mind was blown. He was furiously scribbling notes because he's fascinated by the contactees. So, but there were local contactees who said that on the night or around the night of 1967 when the Shag Harbor UFO incident happened, they had some sort of very contact-like experience, including uh, Nordic aliens and Valiant Thor and all this sort of stuff. So it was kind of like taking a step back into the 1950s or 1960s when they were on. Ten years ago, I might have went, this is all crazy. You know, now I sort of say, well, I don't think you saw Thor and Odin. But maybe you did have some sort of experience that presented itself to you that way. And so their stories were interesting. They seemed sincere. And at the very least, you know, they got a good listening from the from the audience. But yeah, it was, it was a good weekend all the way around. And to prove that there is no laughter curtain with UFOs, there were two politicians there. Me, I guess I'm still a politician, even though I didn't win. Uh, but I'm still involved. And the local member of the Legislative Assembly, which would be like a state representative, a guy named Chris Donchma, a good fella, he showed up too. So, you know, nobody, I don't know about the United States, but nobody up here in Canada is afraid of the big bad wolf that is UFOs or the paranormal or ghosts or anything like that. We're all pretty cool with it because we all find it pretty interesting. That's always interesting here because I know there are people out there who are afraid to talk about UFOs. 
and somehow they're afraid it will affect their career. But early on, I was a traditional broadcast newscaster back in the 70s. And I was doing the UFO psychic ghosts thing. I had a magazine and everything, and they never bothered me. They never mentioned it to me. It wasn't on their radar. As long as I cover the news and the listeners are happy and I'm happy and he's happy, it didn't matter. I got paid. It would be different if you walked up, I think, and said, I've been abducted 20 times by space aliens from Zeta Reticuli. Eh, people might look at you a little differently then. But if you just have an interest in the subject, whether from a historical point of view or a cultural or sociological point of view or even a scientific point of view, that's fine. I've never run into anybody in my day-to-day life that has made fun of me or gone, you're crazy, or this somehow disqualifies you from being a television producer or a politician or a historian or a lawyer or whatever else it is that I do. So I remember Uncle Stan, you know, for many years would say there's a laughter curtain about UFOs. And maybe there is to a point when you're talking about personal experiences. But I I just don't think so, especially if you're somebody who's studying the subject or the people involved in the subject. I I don't see where there's there's any sort of thing that you should be afraid of, at least not in my experience. I've I've never had a problem at all, and I've never met anybody who's had a problem. And that includes guys like Nick Redfern and Greg Bishop and Mac Tonys and uh, Aaron Gullius, who writes about this sort of stuff, and my group of friends, Micah Hanks, who you had on last week. I mean, we all go about our business, and, and we never seem to have a problem with it. So I don't know where the laughter curtain is. Anyway, that would be my message. Don't be afraid of talking about UFOs or having an interest in them or anything to do with the paranormal. Uh, as evidenced by the fact that there were a lot of people at this conference this past weekend for Shag Harbor. In fact, everybody that was there, just normal people who were interested in the story, who were looking for some answers about what might have happened here in Nova Scotia 50 years ago for a case that is still unsolved. You know, it's interesting. I do, of course, as our listeners know, another radio show called The Tech Night How Live. That was my first radio show, my first internet radio show before we got on the GCN network. And when the PowerCast was added, I would promote and cross-promote both shows. At the end of the Tech Night Out Live, I say we have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And I stop with the bump. And no one complains. In fact, a number of listeners say, hey, that's cool. I should listen to that. And they go on with their business. and They go on with their life. And let me just hit you with one more thing. I don't know if Chris saw this. Of course, we have the PowerCast Plus. And a lot of listeners like it, and we'd love more listeners to join us, but occasionally people will give it up. And usually it's going to be, you know, there's only so many things I can afford, and one more bill I can't handle. And I say, that's cool. When you're ready, you're welcome back. Another one, and this gets to this discussion as we lead to our main topic of the evening, he writes back, you know what? I really like UFOs and all that, but nothing's happening. You know, I hear all the things that you're talking about, and I want to see scientists take it over and do something with it, but nothing has happened all these decades. I'm getting sick and tired of it already. It's the same old thing. Even if we come back and say, as you and I and others have mentioned, that some of the old classic cases don't hold up anymore, that's not leading towards a solution. People want solutions. And this particular case, he said, I had enough for now. So what can you do with something like that? You can't do anything. That's a person's personal taste. Do more uh, episodes about tricksters and ghosts and hauntings and shapeshifters. Um, Because honestly, I I find that stuff more interesting. 
And he's right. You know, I was on a radio show here in Halifax last week that I've been on many times before, both as a politician, but also a filmmaker, often talking about the paranormal. And the host, who's a friend of mine, uh, gave me a bit of a rough ride, which is perfectly fair, talk radio. And he said, look, why aren't there any good UFO photos today? And there should be. Everybody has a cell phone. And I, I kind of sort of said, well, look, I can give you one of two answers. One answer is there's nothing to take a picture of for whatever reason. Maybe like Carl Flock said, they were here. They, they took a few samples. They buzzed around the planet and they took off, which would make sense. It follows our own pattern, the European pattern of exploration, where you know ships would go out, visit an island in the Pacific or somewhere in South America, and then you might never see the Europeans for 20 or 30 years. So you know they might be following our pattern. It's a big galaxy. The other thing is, and I, I tried to be kind to those people who still think space aliens are, are visiting here. I said, look, the other possibility is that they don't want to be seen. And he said, well, that's a bit of a dodge, isn't it? And I went, yeah, it is actually. But try this one on for size. If you're looking at your cell phone, which so many people seem to be doing these days, you're not looking up at the sky. We can get into a big thing about that. Just that particular topic. Paul Kimball joining us this week. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag... All sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. Great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. If you're an unincorporated business owner, it's too late for you. That is, if you've already been sued and lost your home, your car, and your personal life savings. But if you haven't been sued yet, there is still time to incorporate and protect your personal assets. And the first step is just a phone call away. Because Incorporate.com is now giving away a free incorporation toolkit to all business owners, including exclusive information on how to start and grow your business. For your free incorporation toolkit, call now, 1-800-936-9256. Incorporation is the shield that protects your personal assets. Without it, you could lose everything. That's why at Incorporate.com, they just make incorporating or forming an LLC quick and easy. They don't provide legal or financial advice. If someone sues tomorrow, will you lose everything? Don't wait until it's too late. Call now for your free incorporation toolkit. Hurry, they're still giving them away for free at 1-800-936-9256. Call 1-800-936-9256. That's 1-800-936-9256. 
Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we have Paul Kimball. We're going to move to ghosts and other things. So just stand by with us. Now, the thing about the cell phone deal. Now, this is something here where it's an entire cultural thing, as Paul and Chris know, where people walk down the street. Even worse, they cross the street. Now, when I was a kid, what did my teachers show me when I was in elementary school? Look both ways before you cross. Now, what happens is people look down at their cell phone. If you're the driver, you better watch out because you might hit some of these people. Because they're not paying attention. So if you wonder why maybe people don't capture something in the sky, if there is anything in the sky to capture, it's because their heads are not in the sand. Their heads are looking at their iPhones or their Samsungs or their Pixels. But how do you change that culture? You can't. Well, why would you want to? I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody wants to set up a camera ray and point, you'd have a much better luck. First of all, most of the people that my friend, the radio host was talking about live in cities. More and more people are living in urban areas. Good luck looking up the sky and trying to, with the light that's coming from the cities or the towns, but also all the things that are flying over to distinguish anything that might be truly anomalous. So first step, go out into the middle of nowhere like Shag Harbor, where you can take a look up and see the crystal clear night sky. And then if you want to sit out there and do a sky watch, who knows, maybe you'll see something. At that point, 
if you have a good camera, and I would suggest something better than a cell phone, which you're holding in your hand, a really good camera, then you might actually pick something up. So that's not to say it doesn't happen or it couldn't happen. It's just to say that it isn't happening. And to be perfectly honest, and I'm sure this will annoy some listeners on your forum, and I sort of apologize for that. I don't mean to annoy them. But there haven't been any really, really good cases in a really, really long time. And so getting back to that thing you asked me about the last time I was on, on After the Paracast, that top 10 film list, even when I did it in 2007, of the cases that were picked, the most recent one was a case in Canada, the Yukon case, which I think was 1996. And that was the only one that was... Rendlesham was 1980. Fair enough. After that, it was Rendlesham. The rest of them were all in the 60s and the 50s, and one, I think, in the 70s or two in the 70s. But there were no cases in the previous sort of 10 years. And if I was to do that kind of survey now, I'd get the same answer. The The best cases, people would tell you, happened in the 50s and 60s, maybe the 70s. And that might be an indication that there's nothing going on, that maybe Carl was right. If there are space aliens, they came They took a look around, and they've gone. And maybe someday they'll come back. But there doesn't seem to be an indication that they're here, at least in terms of good, solid UFO cases and sightings. Now, if you believe the abduction sort of phenomenon is true, well, that's a whole different kettle of fish, but I don't cotton to that. So, you know, unless you want to go down that rabbit hole, there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence uh, indicating that recently, at least, there have been space aliens buzzing about the planet Earth. And the thing about abductions without going into detail, is I find fascinating this theory that a number of people voice, Red Pill Junkie, described it on the Paracast on a couple of occasions and wrote one of our newsletters, and that is that there is a remarkable resemblance between near-death experiences and UFO abductions. And you can't assume that near-death experiences are the result of meeting up ET, the result of possibly your heart stopping. So if you're seeing something vaguely similar and if there are resemblances it's telling me that abductions are not what some people say on the surface interactions with et something else is going on and that same something is causing different people to see it different ways depending on their circumstances look i think chris to some extent i don't agree with everything chris has written nor would i expect him to agree with everything i would say but the concept of the trickster And I might call it something different, although on Haunted, there's my segue. Look at that. That's awesome. That's great radio. You you have something called Haunted? Pray tell. I do. I I have a television series called Haunted. And on Haunted, in the very first episode, where we're reintroducing Holly and I to the audience after nine years of not being on television, I sort of sit down and I talk about, because a lot of stuff was happening to us in that episode, and a lot of it was different stuff. So different things were happening to different people in the same building at different places. Very weird stuff, what Jacques Vallée would call high strangeness. And I said, look, Holly, what if, and I'm going to do the shorthand version here, we're dealing with a trickster, something, some non-human intelligence, don't care where it's from, could be from Zeta Reticuli, could be God, could be a demon, who knows, could be, I don't know. But it's, it's playing with us, as Mac would have said, in the way that we play with cats with laser pointers and that sort of stuff. Her first question had been, well, why do you think they'd be doing this? And then I used the cat analogy. And I don't think she really liked that, the idea that something might be playing with us. But, you know, you you can find many reasons why it might be interacting with us, whatever it is. But it does seem 
looking back on my time with ghost cases nine years ago, but also the, the 13 episodes that Holly and I uh, shot this spring and summer, in both cases, very much it seemed to be sort of a tricksterish kind of phenomenon that was taking place. And, you know, we can talk about that and the various theories about what hauntings might be. I do not subscribe to the idea that it's the ghost of your deceased aunt Myrtle or something like that. I know a lot of people who do, but I don't. I think we're dealing with something much more interesting. As somebody who's 50 now, closer to dead than alive, you know, although I hope I have many years to go, but I would hope that if there's an afterlife, it's more interesting than hanging out in fill in the blank of the buildings I've been in, you know, haunting the people that live or work or visit there. So I'd like to think there's something more to the afterlife than just that kind of mundane post-human existence, if you will. Well, certainly for someone like Tom Petty, I would hope that whatever happens now that he's left us, that he's doing something fascinating wherever he is. Or I have this other theory about life after death as we segue here to Haunted and everything, that the individual who died doesn't know it. He just passes to something else and doesn't realize that in another reality or another place he is dead. He's going on about his business. And I don't know whether it's the same business or a different kind of business, and he doesn't have that memory. Yeah, the truth is, until the moment comes when we are no more, none of us are ever going to know. And I actually said that at the Shag Harper Festival. I said, none of us is really ever going to know what any of this stuff is. And there was a lady in the back, and she went, boo, I know. And I went, well, that's cool, (laughs) ma'am. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, everybody else here doesn't. So, you know, if you, you think you know, and I respect that, that's fine. But if you're an objective observer outside, it's like when people on the forums or anywhere else say, or the James Fox film, I know what I saw. No, you don't. You know, that's the dumbest title ever in terms of being able to interpret what it might have been. You don't know what you saw any more than I do. You saw something and you can describe what you saw. So I guess in that sense, I know what I saw is true. But in terms of actually coming up with an answer of what it is, dumbest title ever well you know what i think we'll ask james about that but probably it's a marketing thing you know oh, i'm sure it is oh you know titles are things that sell the movie and therefore you know snakes on a plane well we know what that's about in fact the title alone was enough to influence samuel l jackson to be in it yeah i want we i can't use the words with paul kimball with gene and chris you're in the paragast <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Kiyosaki, Rogers, and Schiff all concur there's an economic calamity that will be facing this country. My question to you is, do you know when and are you prepared? Most people don't, but my friends over at Republic Monetary Exchange have been leading experts in precious metals to help you offset the coming economic collapse. Right now, for a limited time, they have a free book called The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. You simply need to give them a call at 888-772-2929 to get that in your hands. Do not allow the insiders to do what they did to you in 2008, putting your IRAs, 401ks, and savings in jeopardy. You need this book, and you need it now. The 10 Reasons You Should Own Gold. Call 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. There's a reason that the largest investment banking company in the world, J.P. Morgan, just purchased another 50 million ounces of silver. This free book will explain it. 888-772-2929. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. 800-535-7789-800-535-7789-800-535-7789. That's 800-535-7789. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Chris O'Brien, since you are the trickster person, 
the trickster expert amongst our little I don't crew know about here. that. Okay, so the case here is, do you think in terms of the resemblance between UFO abductions and near-death experiences, there's some trickster thingy stuff going on? The term uh, trickster, I think, is, is, has been coined, obviously, before I came along, as a way to try to describe something that's very, very difficult to, number one, lock down a definition, and number two, come up with a, a term that isn't loaded with lots of innuendo or front-loading or that, that sort of thing, uh, people's preconceived notions. And so trick, trickster is a convenient term. I look at it more as a connective mechanism that seems to tie what appears to be on the surface, uh, you know, sort of divergent phenomenal events or, or uh, categories of phenomena. It, it kind of ties them together. I think hauntings, UFOs, many cryptid sightings um, have this kind of giggle factor that's present uh, in almost all the time. And you, you don't hear about it as much because I think witnesses tend to shy away from any sort of detail that might cast some sort of doubt about their sanity, about their powers of observation. You know, it's, it's that whole kind of inexplicability that permeates all these things. So I get short shrift. It, you don't really get that those details very often in sighting events. I've, I've often said on the show um, when talking about this that back in, in the San Luis Valley in the 90s when I was doing all this investigative work, invariably somebody would report something and then maybe weeks or months or even, even a year or two or three later, they would then add a detail that they had... <laughs> you know, decided not to divulge in the initial report. And it was only after they became comfortable with, you know, the relationship with me or trusted me or felt secure enough uh, to actually say, you know, remember when I had that, you know, such and such happen to me? I didn't tell you at the time, but... (laughs) And then, boom, out comes this little perplexing detail that, you know, if I had heard it initially, I probably would have, like they were worried, uh, I probably would have questioned their sanity. So... I really feel it. it's it's a very under I don't know it's just it's it's an area that's just it's just not it's under the radar you you don't have very many people that that are really that concerned with trying to you know shine the light on these uh, peculiar details that trickstrish in nature I, I think people shy away from them because they they want the legitimacy and the respect of uh, of people that are following their work or or the witnesses uh, want to be believed and and they don't want to come up with a detail that would you know, throw throw the whole thing in, into question. So, it's it's self nullifying, which is part of the the definition of the trickster. You know, in a classical sort of definitive sense. So, I'm not really sure if that helps any, but <laughs> I've always found that this is this is an area that really has not gotten the the quality attention that I think it deserves. Look, let me run this one by you. Case that Chris Stiles discovered in Nova Scotia in 1976, which is probably my favorite UFO case. It's not really well known anywhere. I've written about it. Chris has written about it, you know, on my blog or whatever. But uh, we both talked about it at the Shag Harbor UFO Festival. Quick, I don't know how much time is left in this segment, but quick lowdown. So there's a family. They're in a house in Lower Sackville, which is a bedroom community outside of Halifax. 1976, they call the RCMP and they say, look, there's a UFO above our house. The RCMP officer, A, having nothing better to do that night, but also generally the RCMP will investigate calls like that, drives out to the house, walks out of his car, goes up, 
stands on the back patio for two hours and watches this UFO with them. And it's, you know, lights in the sky. He calls all of the airports and military and civilian. And there's a report, the RCMP, you know, they always write reports about these things. I know I used to work with them. And so this Chris found this report and here he is. He describes everything. And he says, look, I sat there for two hours. You know, the thing moved, but there were no, there was no sound, no sound at all. And none of the airports had it on radar, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wasn't an astronomical phenomenon, wasn't a planet, ruled all that stuff out. Said, you know, well, what is it? Well, shrug your shoulders and go, I don't know. So he goes next door and the neighbors do not get along with the people that he made the UFO report. And Chris sort of followed up with the neighbors years later because he found their name in the police report. And so the neighbors, and I'm kind of giving this a real short shrift, say, hey, no, we didn't uh, see any UFO. We were too busy hiding under our bed. Why were you hiding under our bed? your bed? Because there was this sound like a train was being driven through our house, scared the bejesus out of us, and, you know, we were really frightened for our lives, and it shook everything and all that sort of stuff. So here are two families living next to each other, they don't like each other. They're, one was a naval architect. I can't remember what the, the husband for the other family was. But these were educated people, too, not crazy or anything like that, living in suburban Nova Scotia. They, at the same time, report different incidents, but the same incident, if you know what I mean. They observe or hear something. They experience something in completely different ways, ways yeah. that that seem to nullify what the other people, like, we didn't see anything, but we heard something. The other folks say, we didn't hear anything, but we saw something. And the folks that were hiding under their bed, as soon as the police officer knocked on the door, the sound stopped. Well, what do you do with a case like that? That is the epitome of a high strangeness Jacques (laughs) Vallée case. So Chris told that story at Shag Harbor, and he beat me to it because he had the first speaking slot, and I was on two days later. And I said, look, when I'm going, I was talking about various theories that are not space aliens, But it's not to say that I discount space aliens. I just said everyone else has been talking about that this weekend, so you guys have got that. I'm going to give you all the other ideas. But I said, what do you do with this? This is the kind of UFO case that does still interest me because it resembles, in many respects, ghost cases or hauntings and that kind of stuff because it's really weird. And honestly, I think anything along these lines should be really weird. Just by its very nature, it stands to reason. We're dealing with something that is not human, if that's the case, wherever it's from. Then it shouldn't be presenting itself to us like it's out of a sitcom from the 1950s. There should be an element of weirdness. And ufology, or ghost hunters, or Bigfoot hunters, or whatever, shouldn't be afraid to embrace that weirdness, which is the lesson I've learned over the last 15 years as I've slowly come myself to embrace the weirdness and say, in the famous words of Steve Winwood, I'm going to roll with it, baby. You know, an interesting thing here, Paul, and that is our interpretation of it. And so you could wonder here, does whatever forces involved control what you see or are you participating and altering it to whatever you expect to see or have some innate desire to see? Yes, (laughs) I just, you know, sure. All of that is potentially true. The interesting thing is, For me, to anyone who's listening, if you're still listening, if I sounded a little down for the first 20 minutes of the show, uh, when the UFO stuff comes up, I just, I kind of, uh, blah. But you know what? UFOs are still cool. 
once I start talking about the weird stuff, like the Lower Sackville case, then it all becomes interrelated to me, which is not somewhere I would have thought I'd be 15 or 20 years ago when I first started making films about it and talking to people and researching it. I was very by the book, you know, nuts and bolts kind of thing. And now I've come to embrace more the stories of, say, the contactees, whatever they mean, experiencers, as they call it, because I'm an experiencer. You know, when you go ghost hunting in quotation marks or investigating, I call it like you're in a multiplex. You can't see a movie unless you buy a ticket. And if we all walk into the multiplex, but we want to see different movies, you might see the new Star Wars movie, Chris. I might see a new Woody Allen movie and Gene might see, you know, something, My Little Pony 2, whatever. You know, we're all going to see different things. We're going to experience a different story. But we're all in the same place at the same time, and we're experiencing different things. To me, that's what the uh, the paranormal is, the UFO phenomenon, the ghost thing, all of that. The cases that really interest me, like the Lower Sackville case, are the ones where people are seeing different movies, even though they're in the exact same theater at the exact same time. And they wouldn't be seeing anything if they didn't buy a ticket. So you kind of have to, I think, open yourself up to it, too, which is what I've done by walking into these allegedly haunted houses or putting myself out there. I just embrace it now. And so does Holly. We've got more to come with Paul Kimball, Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. North Korea openly threatens the U.S. and launches a new missile every other week. Their warhead of choice? Electromagnetic pulse. Such an event would cripple the U.S. power grid for years and leave millions in the dark. Are you ready? You can be with a Solark EMP-hardened solar generator. Solark works day in and day out to keep your essentials protected. You can have peace of mind knowing your power will be there when you most need it. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to see EMP testing. That's PortableSolarLLC.com. Energy insurance for your family. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-774-3149 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-774-3149. Again, that's 800-774-3149. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today. Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now let's kind of bring us up to date here about Haunted. And it started, as you say, nine years ago. I remember you and Holly Stevens appeared on the Paracast. We talked about it. And I think at that time, in terms of being a ghost hunter, you were a neophyte. And so is she. Mm-hmm. And you're entering this. And I want to bring people up to date because I welcome you to listen to the radio show nine years ago. We're talking about 2008. But love you to do that. But we also want to bring everybody up to date pretty quickly here. So let's talk about this, Paul. How did you and Holly get involved? Was it that they were producing a show and you were hired for it? Or did you seek it out? No, I needed a job. So I'd finished doing a feature film that, you know, nobody will ever see because it was terrible. And somebody here in Halifax had an idea for a ghost show. He had already pitched the network. The network said, sure, but you're not an experienced producer, nor are you an experienced director. Go find somebody who is to kind of work with you and we'll be cool. So I knew him. We had met. We had never worked together, but he approached me with it and he said, look, you're the only guy I know has an interest in the paranormal here in Halifax. Would you be interested? And I said, does it pay? And he said, yes, it does. And I said, sure, I'll be looking for a job. Absolutely. Plus, you know, I also thought it would be really interesting. You know, I won't do something just for the money. So anyway, that was it. I was going to direct and produce it, but I certainly wasn't going to host it. We had four real ghost investigators. I mean, what the heck is a real ghost investigator? Four people who had been doing this kind of thing, 
you know, going out for a couple of years. So there you go. They're real and ghost investigators. Nice people, dull as wood. And they just didn't understand it's television. So you can't sit in a room with a tape recorder and, and talk to a ghost and go, listen, if you're here, reach out, talk to me, say something, and then be quiet for eight minutes and nothing happens. So as we shot the pilot, I was just banging my head against the wall and I tried to get them. I said, look, you know, do something, interact. You know, it, it is television. You have to understand it's television. That doesn't mean you have to fake anything. In fact, don't fake anything. And I was also thinking, too, like, if there's any ghosts here, they're not going to talk to you guys. You're boring. Like, I wouldn't want to talk to you. You're nice people, but you're boring. So I just remember walking out. It was a, it was a cold November night. The other producer, Dale Stevens, and I walked out and I said, look, we got to fire them. <laughs> You know, they've got they've got to go or else this is going to be the dullest television show in the history of dull television shows. And that's a big stretch because there have been a lot of dull television shows. Yeah, no, they 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 were just terrible. Nice people. I can't stress that enough. And they took the ghost thing very seriously. Dale, I remember he says we're walking around because they were in communing with the spirits and nothing was happening. We just let the camera run and we took a 40 minute walk and nothing, nothing changed. So, I, you know, he said, well, who do you think should host it? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, you should host it. You're smarmy and, you know, you're telegenic, I guess. And you're outspoken and you're good on camera. You don't have a problem. I said, fine, but I won't do it alone. I don't want to host a television show alone. I need a partner. And he said, fine. I said, I'd like a good-looking partner who's a woman because that adds, A, a good-looking person to the cast. It is television. B, kind of the moonlighting Sybil Shepherd, Bruce Willis or the, the Fox Mulder, Dana Scully, you know, that kind of dynamic that exists. And he said, well, do you know anyone? And I said, sure, Holly Stevens, who I'd known for about a year, and um, she worked with me on a couple of projects, and she had she had a science degree. So I said, look, she's she can be the Dana Scully, and I'll be the Fox Mulder, because I have the paranormal background, and she has a science degree. That's as close as we could get. So Dale said, yeah, absolutely. And I said, she's comfortable in front of the camera. She's engaging. She's witty. She's charming. She's super smart. These are all good things. I asked Holly, and she said, sure, I don't have a gig, and it sounds interesting. And I'm getting paid, right? And we said, yeah. So that's basically how it happened. And we never set out to be ghost investigators. We weren't people that said, you know, this is this drives us. This has driven us since our very the beginning of our uh, since we were born. It's in our soul. You know, we did it because it was a gig, but it also sounded fun and interesting. And it was until we. And I mean, it still is. But fun and interesting eventually morphed into fun and interesting and scary and mind-blowing, and challenging. And that's kind of where we left it nine years ago when we finished the one season that we did. And we decided, for a whole host of reasons, some business-related, some personal-related, and I don't mean personal to Holly or I, but you know, generally speaking, we just had had enough. It had been a really draining experience. It had been frightening in many respects. And I think both of us said, this, you know, <laughs> this is fun, but we don't want to do this again. So we didn't. And Holly moved to British Columbia, and I stayed here in Halifax, and, you know, we went on with our lives. But, you know, all things circle back. And uh, last year, I had an opportunity to pitch the network about a television show, and the one I pitched him was Haunted. I could have pitched him on anything. But I said, you know what? I want to go back to the ghost thing. I'm ready. I'm good with that. And I want Holly to come do it, too. So we flew her out from Vancouver. She moved back here with her boyfriend, and she and I are back on the ghost investigating beat again. And it's even weirder this time than it was last time. All right. I want to get into that because there's a perception when it comes to reality TV shows. 
that everything is telegraphed and that sometimes they stretch a few facts. And we know of examples where they've done that. Or they might take someone they interview and he's talking about the mysterious valley and suddenly it ends up that the event happened in Sedona. I know there are some people like that who had that experience, Chris. And so (laughs) we don't want that kind of thing. We want entertainment, but we want something that's factually based. How do you meet these two extremes to be entertaining and stick to the facts? Pretty simple. Take the subject matter seriously, but never take yourself seriously. And I don't. I don't take myself seriously, and I don't think Holly does, um, really. I actually kind of like the show, Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins. But I mean, anybody who thinks that Zach Baggins is, you know, a real demonologist or whatever, you know, whatever that is, or takes that show terribly seriously, should have their head examined. Um, and I run into, you know, professional ghost hunters who sometimes are not big fans of Holly and I, and they say, you're not professional ghost hunters. And I go, no, but you don't have to be. The whole point of haunted houses and hauntings and ghost stories is anybody can go out there and buy the ticket to that movie theater I'm talking about. The difference is with television, if you're going to put people on television, they kind of have to be interesting people, too. Now, I don't know if I'm an interesting person, but I'm, I know Holly is. And, you know, I can play one on television. So do we ever fake anything? No. I'm adamant about that. If nothing else, my years of skepticism and criticizing everybody and their dog for faking stuff or, you know, being woo-woo or whatever has bought me the credibility. I've earned the right to say, yeah, take my word for it. I'm not faking this. If I say this happened, it happened. If I say I was genuinely scared, it's, you know, I, it took me a while to get to a place where I was willing to admit that kind of stuff. But it, there is a balance because, you know, you can't show us sitting Ghost investigating is is dull sometimes. You'll sit around for an hour or two hours or three hours and nothing happens. There's locations we go to we don't use. Um, not many, actually only one this time. But with ghost cases, there were two or three where nothing happened. Okay, so I'm not going to put that on television. You're going to see the places where something happened because something doesn't always happen. We never make it. Well, okay, that's not true. We do sometimes make it happen, I think, because we start trying to interact with whatever's out there. And if there's something out there, it says, okay, you guys are jerks. Um, we're going to give you your comeuppance. Or you guys are, we like you. In Holly's case, uh, we'd like to communicate with you. You know, we get evidence. And I, I think we have real evidence this time, which we can talk about uh, as we go along tonight. And Greg Bishop has heard it. Like, I played it for Greg, and he just went, okay, I'm not a ghost guy, but I, I can't explain that. Like, I don't know what that is. And, you know, you tie it in with what was happening to Holly at the same time and and more and more of this stuff piling up for us. And that's the kind of stuff that makes my skeptical side go, yeah, okay, my skepticism is being whittled away here because things are happening. I'm experiencing stuff. Holly's experiencing stuff. And in some cases, we're actually recording it on camera or on audio or wherever. And so, yeah, that's what people are going to see on television. They're not going to see the other eight hours where we're sitting there and nothing happens. That's that's just not going to happen. So that's the balance you have to strike between doing a reality television show and trying to be real, while at the same time you have to be entertaining, too. That's true actually about real news as opposed to reality show news. And that is, you're not going to see the stuff they've covered all day where nothing happens or they're preparing for something. You're only going to see the press conference and maybe not the complete press conference, the press conference where the subject of the press conference says something provocative. There's going to be picking and choosing, and the news is going to concentrate on the core 
events that will be interesting to readers, listeners, or viewers. It's not going to be everything else that's dull and ordinary because it's news. And news has to be something different, has to be something exceptional. So what Paul is saying is something very akin to real journalism. And before we split for a little bit of business, let me bring you up to date on this weekend's episode of After the Paracast, because Paul Kimball will be back, and he's got some real provocative things to say. Paul Kimball, Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and Numana is by far the best. I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana has been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework. Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is... The stores I love to eat. Yum! Thepowermall.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, let's get to the beginning as we talk about the events here. And we can dovetail to the original show and to this one. How did you and Holly pick out places where something is likely to happen? Is it because of a history? Sure. Yeah. There's a, you have a listener in the forum, Henry Newton, sorry, Harry Newton goes by the tag Han or Han. And he, he asked in the question thread, hello, are there any local to Halifax, Nova Scotia, water, sea related ghosts, ghost ships, ghost spirits, ghost animals, whatever. And the short answer is yes, yes, yes. There is no problem finding haunted houses in Nova Scotia or, 
you know, the Atlantic Canadian provinces, it's like New England. There's a reason Stephen King sets all his novels, you know, in New England, because there is a rich history of this kind of stuff in our region. We don't have a problem, like we turn locations away and we've got a, we've been renewed for a second season and a third season. So we've got, and that's going to be, what is that, 14 locations? Right. So we've already got those locations more or less planned out in our mind where we want to go. And we're, we're always willing to have folks say, hey, you know, my house is haunted or whatever. Would you come here? But there's no question. You know, you get to pick and choose. It's great, right? I get to pick and choose between the best locations and the ones that I think are going to be the most interesting for television, but also the ones that maybe have a story that I connect to or Holly connects to. And we find it personally interesting. So you will always want to go to a place that has a good story, uh, some history tied to it, and that you maybe somehow connect to. And so those are the kind of locations that we search out because we're the ones that are going to have to go in there and actually go on camera and experience this and, and go through it. So like we did one seminary house, which is a university residence at Acadia University here. Both Holly and I went to Acadia University. I went there a lot. <laughs> I went there 16 years before she did. But she actually lived in seminary house and I dated a girl that lived in seminary house. So it turned out we were both more than happy to go back to Acadia and relive some you know, fond memories, but also we were familiar with Seminary House, and, and so it was personal to us. Turns out, not to give away a spoiler, but Holly never knew she had actually lived in the haunted room in Seminary House, and she didn't know that when she was a student, but when they walked us through and said, oh yes, this is the, and Holly went, that's my old room. So those are fun kind of little things that happen that you you don't really realize until you go back. So that's kind of how we pick the locations. And, you know, it's the places that we're familiar with or interested or going to, or in one or two cases, places that just frankly seemed really creepy. There's an old jail in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, that I swear has to be an environmental hazard. It's long abandoned. There was no heat, no lights, no electricity, no running water. So we did everything on batteries, and then we had to go down the road to use the, the bathroom at the local Tim Hortons every time we wanted to do that. But you know what? That, that was a really fun place. It might have shortened our lives. I don't know what we were breathing in. But it was just really creepy and cool. And sometimes really creepy and cool, that's interesting, too. You know, I was just knowing, noticing, looking at this. I didn't realize this before. When you go on with Holly, she is a giant. She's like an Amazon. She's taller than the woman who played Wonder Woman. She's like 5'11 or something like that. Yeah, she's taller than me. And she could kill all of us. <laughs> she's in good shape. She just got back about a month ago from hiking the Inca Trail. So she's in a lot better shape than I am. So we, you know, we try and give her all the, the more physically challenging segments in the show because I'm old. Uh, you know, I just turned 50 this year. So I'm not as spry as I used to be nine years ago. But yeah, yeah, Holly's Holly's in good shape. There's no question about that. So this way, she's the one who can fight the ghosts. <laughs> now, yes. before we get to case histories, roughly speaking, you scope out a location. What are the chances that during the course of your filming, something's going to happen at that location? Pretty good, because something always seems to happen. Because... You know, maybe Chris can chime in here because, again, it, you know, it circles back to the trickster idea. I actually am not convinced that the location is all that important. Sometimes maybe it is. But I tried to do this season to do Haunted differently. Ghost Cases were, was very much in the sort of line of all other ghost shows. Location by location by location, you come in, you do your thing, you pack up, you leave, show over. 
I wanted to do it more like a like a dramatic series. Not that we're faking anything or making stuff up, so that there would be a through line. I wanted to delve into the characters to our which we are to our experiences, and I wanted to carry that because it did for ghost cases. You know, Holly and I carried stuff with us from episode to episode, and it builds. We just never talked about it. Well, I wanted to do this one differently. So each episode sometimes references previous episodes or things that happen, and it all leads to a cliffhanger episode ending season one, the 13th episode, where something really frightening happens. And I think what we had experienced in multiple locations led up to that. But the idea that we kind of had as we went along and did this was that maybe we weren't experiencing individual ghosts at a particular location. Maybe something was traveling with us and interacting with us at each of these locations, sometimes in different ways. But we started to notice some patterns and some commonalities between our experiences in, in, in these different locations. And that was really freaky once you start to come to that conclusion. We would joke, too. You know, like, there might not be any ghosts here when we show up, but we're pretty sure there will be when we leave. And there were one or two locations where we said we're kind of hoping we leave whatever's following us. Because, you know, we started talking about things like demons and bad stuff. Our poor camera person, Dylan Garland, who is a young protege of mine, kind of became our third cast member as the season went along. Because Holly and I kept throwing stuff at him, you know, uh, saying to ghosts, come, not possess. Holly actually asked a demon to come possess me. Holly. Um, but, you know, like I was on stage at one location, a haunted theater, and I said, you know, if you're here, Mrs. Gorm, come down here. Bring it on. Pause. To Dylan. And I, then I pointed at him, and he's standing on stage, and you see him on one of our closed-circuit TV cameras that was monitoring us. He just walks away. He's like, that's it. I've had it. And uh, he quit for all of about 18 seconds. It was like the Let It Be sessions. He was like George Harrison. He walked out but came back. And, you know, I said, oh, I take it back. Bring it all on to me. He felt this rush of cold when I said that to him, as did I. As soon as I took it back onto me and said, you know what, I'm sorry about that, I felt like super cold. The temperature dropped. Holly recorded a bunch of EMF spikes, which we all see on television, but nobody else felt anything. It was like I was surrounded by cold, but everybody else said, we don't feel anything. It's a, it's a fairly warm theater, actually. And I said, I'm freezing. And then, you know, I fled the stage kind of thing. But th- that happened over and over again. And as Dylan in particular, who's a great kid, became more involved not only in shooting the show, but also in experiencing some of this stuff, you know, he and I developed a kind of rapport that Holly and I used to have when nine years ago, and we still have. But this idea that Dylan and I would sometimes say, let's go do this together, even if we're not on camera. Let's just go see what's down here. And then weird stuff would happen, and then we'd have to go run and get the camera and try and film it. So, you know, that that idea that it's happening to you because of you, maybe because you've opened yourself up to it, and maybe something's traveling with you as you go along, as opposed to you show up at this place and it's the ghost of Aunt Myrtle, and you show up at that place, it's the ghost of Charles Tupper, former Canadian prime minister, and when you leave, Charles Tupper stays there, and you go on and you find another ghost. Maybe but I actually think we were taking things with us, which my wife has, and I'm pretty sure Holly's boyfriend too, both of them have talked to us and said, you know, stop taking things with you, or at the very least, don't bring them home. Like, whatever you do, leave them at the last location. Do not bring them home. In the vernacular, they're called hitchhikers. Yeah, exactly. Hitchhikers. I like that. All right, so this raises the question here. Having started this, and remember you 
began this journey nine years ago originally. Did you ever bring anything home, ever? And we're going to wrap this segment in about 20 or 25 seconds. So just watch how that leads to something. So I'll ask you the question, then we can possibly get to it next time. In any of your pursuits as a ghost hunter or Holly's pursuits, did you ever at any time, either of you, bring something home? Yeah, I think we did. Hey, we're going to break and find out what that is. Remind you about the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, where we've got some great episodes of After the Paracast for you to listen to. But you can only do that if you're a subscriber. Plus.theparacast.com. Paul Campbell, Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hello, Mr. Anderson. The NSA has noticed how much time you spend on conservative news sites. We have no choice but to consider you a domestic terrorist. Tired of your internet activity being monitored by Big Brother? Get VirtualShield.com, the world's easiest to use virtual private network. Browse the web anonymously, leaving pesky advertisers and spies in the dust. Get started today at VirtualShield.com. Take advantage of our free 30-day trial. VirtualShield.com. You have the right to remain private. 
Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralizing the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Dr. Carolyn Dean wants you to have a free chapter of her new book, The Magnesium Miracle 2nd Edition, and it's available at magmiracle.com. In your free chapter, Dr. Carolyn Dean explains how magnesium is essential to support the structure and function and overall health of your body. Your free chapter is your guide to learn how to support your heart, bone, metabolic, lung, and mental health with this powerful mineral. The Magnesium Miracle 2nd Edition is available on Amazon, but right now get a free chapter at magmiracle.com, spelled M-A-G-Miracle.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Starting to think of the lyrics of an old novelty song from the late 50s a dinner was served for three at dracula's house by the sea the hors d'oeuvres were fine but i choked on my wine when i learned that the main course was me <laughs> forget it anyone remember that that goes back to the late 50s it was a hit record nope already forgotten yep <laughs> you got us on that one there gino john zacherly no i remember uh, zacherly yeah zacherly i actually died i think like a year or so ago but oh. This is right shortly after he became a horror film host in the late 50s when Universal brought all the horror films out. And since we're in the Halloween season, we get to that. All right, so you possibly brought some things home, Paul Kimball or Holly did. Can you be specific about what might have happened? I don't know if I could be specific in the sense, you know, I don't, here I am sitting in a dark room down in my office and I'm thinking, is there something coming up behind me? <laughs> so, it's, but this may be a like, live haunting, folks. Yeah, it could be a live, could be a live haunting. The um, no, I'm pretty sure that's Chris. That might have been Gene. Um, I don't know. He's not even here. What? I think that was Nick Redfern. Nick's here after all. So that's how he know, sounds with his chest cold. Yeah. When you say you bring stuff home, well, what does that mean? Does it mean that as I'm walking down the hall of my office, which is on the bottom, you know, I live in a, a two-story house, or I have a two-story house. Our company's offices are in the bottom story, and, and the wife and I live upstairs. So does that mean as I'm walking down the halls of either the upstairs or the downstairs, I see shadow people jumping out at me, or I hear sounds and stuff? No, although sometimes, maybe, it's a feeling that things have changed that you don't view the world in the same way as you did maybe when you went in it. And there's no question the last episode that we filmed, which involved 
a running kind of through line throughout the series about demonic kind of stuff, which could be tricksters, you know, or something presenting itself to us in that way. I don't know. Or it could actually be real demons. Yeah. You know, you lie awake at night. I think I do. Anyway, I can't speak for Holly or Dylan or, or Chelsea or Jim, my brother, the other two people who were on our crew. But I, the thing you bring home with you, and it's why we call the series, it's why I call the series Haunted. I titled it. Could have called it Ghost Cases or Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters or, you know, a title like that. But it, to me, it wasn't about the ghosts. It was about us. And the haunted part isn't referencing, it was never intended to reference the houses or the places, the jails, wherever we are. It was us that were haunted. And haunted by the experiences that we have, Holly and I going into this, we're still haunted by what happened to us nine years ago. I, I wrote about some of this in my book, The Other Side of Truth, back in 2012. But uh, Holly and I have talked about it. I've talked to other friends about it. I've talked to people around the world on radio shows and stuff about it, including here, some of those experiences. I wouldn't still be talking about it if I hadn't kind of been haunted by it. And not haunted like, oh, I'm scared, you know, it's going to take me to hell or something, although who knows, but haunted because it just kind of blows your mind and it gets you asking some really serious questions about who we are, who I am, what's our place in the universe, what's it all about, and where might we be going when it all ends. And so that's the kind of thing that you bring home with you that I'm willing to admit to and say, I'm okay with that. Now, do we bring demons home with us? or uh, ghosts or that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any here in the office, but I don't rule it out. You, you can't rule it out, but I would say the the odds are pretty long. Unless it's something, like it's something very powerful. Yeah, I'm going to run with that. I'm taking your word for it, Chris. I feel better now. That's That sounds good. You're an expert. I like it. Um, because, you know, sometimes... You do sort of look at it and you say, God, whatever that was, I hope we're not bringing it home with us. Um, although I do think we, I think there's a really good chance we, ooh, Radio Mysterioso moment, here comes the siren. I do think there's a really good chance that we would take, we took it from location to location. So if you're taking it from one location to another, if it's following you or hitchhiking with you, as you say, or, or whatever, then I, I think it's just as likely that it could hitchhike with you home and stick with you. And then maybe it, maybe it doesn't manifest itself. Maybe it's just keeping an eye on you. Because at the moment, using my theater analogy, I'm not buying a ticket. So at the moment, I'm editing the show or stuff, but I'm not actually sitting in my office going, look, I want to have an experience. Or look, if you're out there, like come and talk to me now. Or, you know, let's, let's, let's rumble or anything like that. The kinds of things I do in haunted locations. At the moment, I'm, I'm just living my life. So maybe it only manifests itself when you actually say, okay, psychologically, mentally, here I am, I am ready. Br you know, bring it on and whatever you've got. And that's a good point, and I want to sort of pick up on that. Um, I did a, a series of investigations uh, in the Midwest in 2005 into 2006, and um, after coming back from arguably some of the most haunted sites in, <laughs> in North America, we found that we didn't really, you know, we never really thought that we had brought anything back or, you know, that, that was never a topic of conversation. Uh, we were professionals. We're, you know, down in the basement of this building where our studio was located, um, and which used to be a bar where 
there had been a catastrophic uh, murder and other things that happened in there in the past. But, you know, we're, we figured we were kind of, uh, we're just not buying into any, any potential connection, right? Well, we're working, cleaning up EVPs. And uh, it was all day we're working on these. And we went to, in, fairly late into the night and we're cleaning up EVPs. And, uh, you know, we're doing this professionally. We're, we're listening to uh, these things without really paying too much attention to any sort of drama that might be in, involved. We're, we're, we're just we're, we're trying to you know, manipulate uh, away the noise, basically, as, as best we can and, and bring them out. Uh, so that so that they'd be clear enough to, to broadcast. So, you know, we've we've got we've got our, you know, we've got our <laughs> our headphones and blinders on, basically working on that. And then uh, at, at one point we took a break. Uh, Ron James and I we took a break and we're we're discussing. You know, you know, what do you think? Uh, you think we're going to be able to pull any more out? And all of a sudden we both looked at each other and we both felt it si- simultaneously. And um, we had a hallway that, that had uh, paper sets that were in wood frames. And um, they look great on camera. You can't tell that it's just paper. But uh, uh, all of a sudden, we, heard, we hear something come down the hallway rattling the paper. And there was no breeze ever down there. We'd never heard this before. And uh, <laughs> the hair standing up on my arms just thinking about this. And... Uh, you know, it something was in that room with us. So I, I don't know how to how else uh, to describe it, and I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm even admitting this that I that I had that that feeling. I don't think we were psyching each other out. I mean, we we did everything we could to try to figure out you know what it could be. Um, we we tried various uh, flipping the breakers. The lights were were dimming and coming back on. We had some electrical effects. We got Chris O'Brien, Paul Kimball, Gene Steinberg. Not about UFOs, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Pro Pure Water Filters, most trusted, most tested. Right now, you can save 25% on the ProPure Nomad Gravity System. Visit an authorized ProPure dealer for details. That's P-R-O-P-U-R. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. That's advertise.gcnlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. 
Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn Learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, kind of, sort of, mostly not about UFOs. So if you're tired of UFOs, we're trying to figure out the ghost thing, and Chris is sharing some of his encounters. Chris? Well, I don't know if we call them encounters. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical about any sort of interpretive take on this as, as being hitchhikers or ghosts coming and following us. But I find it very interesting. We, I've been working there for almost two years at that point, and I never, in all the hours that I'd spent down there alone with other people at night or, or during the day, we had never had those those types of, of effects, so electrical, kind of weird ele- electrical anomalies, very clearly something coming down the hallway and rattling the paper sets. We, we'd never experienced that. Uh, before there was no drafts or anything in the building, uh, so 
basically Ron started to, to kind of get a little freaked out about it. And I said, look, you know, if you're just going to feed this thing, whatever it is, it's whether it's psycho, you know, some sort of psychological thing, we should definitely just, you know, finish up for the night, you know, leave and then come back fresh in the morning. And we did. And there was still something there that night. <laughs> And so Ron, in his infinite wisdom, had, you know, a, a, a tag team of, I don't know what you call them, Sedona adepts coming in and, and doing cleansies, cleansings of the space. And, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know exactly what they did. I, it was a little bit too uh, kind of hokey for me. But uh, whatever they did, it, it appeared to work because then we continued working on the project, uh, you know, complete with big, long EVP uh, cleaning, cleaning sessions and all sorts of things that go, as Paul knows, goes into uh, the post-production process of, of producing programming. And and we had no uh, nothing even close to what we experienced. So what what was it? Did we bring something back? Did we have a hitchhiker? Uh, was it just some weird um, coincidental anomalous thing that happened that we then fed it with our, you know, drawing attention to it, uh, uh, you know, between the two of us, were we feeding off each other and, and creating more uh, out of something that then uh, really it should have been, <laughs> we should have been creating? Uh, were we co-creative in the process? Was it something independent of us? I don't know, but I, I'm fascinated by all, all this type of thing. And, and prior to, to these experiences, I had always discounted hauntings. I, I always thought it was just people, you know, being kind of psyching themselves out and, and, and buying into their own fear and that sort of thing. And I was looking at these things from a very, very skeptical uh, point of view. But I'll tell you, after really diving into this realm, I have a sense that there is something to it. What it is, as Paul said at the beginning of the show, uh, we really don't know. We don't know what it is yet. There's, there's no real definitive uh, explanation and there's probably multiple types of, of phenomenal events going on or causations uh, behind these phenomenal events. It's probably not one size fits all. There's probably multiple uh, energies or, or whatever operating. And I know some of our listeners hate it when they hear the word energy, but how, how, how else can you describe something like this? Um, yeah, uh, that falls under the category of I concur which is to say, you know, when when I went into this, there has never been a more skeptical, less interested in ghost ghost investigator than me. Which is to say, I never watched a ghost hunting show before I did this nine years ago. Even now, I watch very little. I'm familiar with Ghost Adventures because it kind of, it just amuses me. Zach Baggins, while, <laughs> you know, a bit of, actually a complete jerk it's i have to admit it's well put together for what it is so i i watch it the same way i watch uh you know kitchen nightmares or something it's 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 sort of fun and we, kitchen we would sit around nightmares wait 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 kitchen nightmares yeah i'm a big gordon ramsay fan anyway let's just i have no idea that. what that is but go ahead oh it's it's a reality show but the um the thing is there were a couple of times when we would finish shooting and we would go back to usually the house we were staying at or whatever. And Dylan and I in particular, you know, just to unwind, because some of these were really emotionally draining experiences. And I, I can tell you about, if there's one that I, I would like to talk about, it would be the Queens County Museum in Liverpool, Nova Scotia, which is the episode I'm just wrapping up now. The kickoff two-parter episode for the season. And Holly experienced what I think 
is the best evidence, as far as I can tell, anyone's ever recorded, uh, on television at least, about this. And I had what I can only call the Mac Tony's experience, which months later, Greg experienced too. And, and we can get into that. That's a much longer story. But just to kind of finish the thought, so when you come away from something like that, and th- that was a really both traumatic night, especially for Holly, but also kind of a really mind-blowing, like, am I, am I talking to Mac kind of night for me? We would go back to the house or whatever that we were staying at, and we'd put on ghost adventures because it would lighten the mood. It's a terrible show when it comes to treating the subject seriously. I'm Zach Baggins, and this is a demon. You know, if you want that, that's Ghost Adventures. It's not our show. You're never going to hear that on our show. But, you know, we would sit there and we'd laugh and laugh, and it would help diffuse the tension that we were all feeling. So if nothing else, Ghost Adventures was like a palate cleanser for us because we would sit and, you know, I'd look at Dylan and I'd go, this guy's an idiot, but he's an amusing idiot. And whatever he's doing right now is either fake or it is so ramped up that you can't tell where the real experience begins and Zach Baggins, you know, the real experience ends and Zach Baggins begins. And if it seems like I'm, you know, really crapping on Zach Baggins, I am, but I also find him wildly entertaining. It's, it's a terrible love hate relationship I have with Zach Baggins at Ghost Adventures, but I was not a guy that watched ghost shows. I still don't, other than Zach Baggins, occasionally watch ghost shows. I don't watch ghost hunters. I don't, I just don't find them interesting. Uh, so, you know, people will say, well, why should we watch your show, Paul? I don't know. I probably wouldn't watch my show myself if I didn't know me, but for us, because I'm there, it, it does interest me. And then I kind of, you know, maybe I start to look not at ghost shows on television, but people who go out and investigate it off camera. So I have friends more, many more friends now than I ever did before who do this on a more regular basis. And those are the people. I don't want to watch, you know, the ghost hunters guys. I want to go out and talk to these people, find out what their experiences were. So, except for Zach Baggins because he's wildly entertaining. So these are the folks that I kind of hang out with. And in a sense, not only do I get to make a television show about it and experience it myself with Holly and Dylan and others, but then I get all these other people that I've met on this journey and I get to hear about their experiences. And I get to talk to them about their stories and see if there's commonalities between what they experience, and what we experience, sometimes the same location even. That almost makes you a folklorist as much as a ghost investigator, that aspect of it, of collecting stories, of sharing stories, of telling stories, even if it's not on camera. So sometimes I do it on camera, but um, a lot of the time I still continue to do that. And folks will walk up to me and just say, when I was campaigning, Mostly they wanted to talk about health care or whatever, but some people would say, yeah, don't be embarrassed by it, but we, this house is haunted, and I know you do a ghost show. Yeah, tell me about the show kind of thing, or tell me about the house. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a mixed bag. It's a potpourri of the paranormal, and it's really, at the core, fun, but it's also, I mean this, I'm not just sort of making this up or trying to sell the, the radio show here. Use this for your your teaser, though. I mean, it's really frightening. Like, it's sometimes mind-blowingly frightening. And I had never seen Holly or heard Holly yell, like in sheer terror, until the first location we did for Haunted. And I've never seen a human being in my presence as frightened as I saw Holly. Um, And that's, that's the kind of experience you can have, too. Well, if you want to be frightened out of your wits, yeah. Does it ever discourage 
her at all. If she's that frightened, is she still willing to go through it again? Or does she have to be psyched up? No, Holly's a trooper. So, you know, Holly was right back at it um, the next day kind of thing. If there's anybody who's going to quit, it's going to be me. In fact, there's more than one time during the first season, usually kind of jokingly, I'd sort of be joking around, but half serious. I said, this is it. At the end of the first season, I'm done. Like for the same reasons I left, you know, nine years ago. I'm going to ask about that. We've got more to come with Paul Kimball. Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. With nearly 70 years of history engineering bunkers, today, Atlas Survival Shelters is still the authority. Atlas offers 18 different choices, from commercial tornado shelters to underground nuclear fallout shelters. Starting at just $99.99, with 100% financing available, comfortable interiors, and state-of-the-art air filtration systems, Atlas Survival Shelters are the most popular private survival shelters in the world. Call 1-855-4-BUNKER now, or visit atlassurvivalshelters.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. North Korea openly threatens the U.S. and launches a new missile every other week. Their warhead of choice? Electromagnetic pulse. Such an event would cripple the U.S. power grid for years and leave millions in the dark. Are you ready? You can be with a Solark EMP-hardened solar generator. Solark works day in and day out to keep your essentials protected. You can have peace of mind knowing your power will be there when you most need it. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to see EMP testing. That's PortableSolarLLC.com. Energy insurance for your family. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 
855-510-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-510-BACK to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-510-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. Dr. Carolyn Dean wants you to have a free chapter of her new book, The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition, and it's available at magmiracle.com. In your free chapter, Dr. Carolyn Dean explains how magnesium is essential to support the structure and function and overall health of your body. Your free chapter is your guide to learn how to support your heart, bone, metabolic, lung, and mental health with this powerful mineral. The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition is available on Amazon, but right now get a free chapter at magmiracle.com, spelled M-A-G, miracle.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we've got Paul Kimball, and we're exploring... Haunted places, haunted houses. Now, when you talk about the experiences you've had, it kind of goes against the grain, which is the perception that a haunted house is being populated by the spirit of some person who lived there and after dying just couldn't get away. But you're talking about something else. Right. Or or is there a resemblance with that? Could be. It could be the spirit of somebody who who died and lived there. Um, I'm sort of notorious for saying that and i think i said this earlier in the show i would like to think that if there's an afterlife it's more interesting than that so i that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but that's my own belief system that's what i bring into it part of that too is also based on my experiences where i see commonalities from location to location and i go you know i think this is more about us it's more about as greg bishop would say his co-creation hypothesis that we're working with something and maybe it's working with us and it's continuing over. We bought a ticket to this movie theater that is doing 13 episodes of Haunted per season. And as we go along through that, it's traveling with us. And then when we're done, maybe it goes off and only returns when we enter the movie theater again. I don't know, but I have very good friends. Linda Rafius, for instance, who's a paranormal investigator here in Nova Scotia, helped us out with some of the episodes. She runs a a group called the... This is terrible. I can't remember the name of her group. Terrible, terrible. Sorry, Linda. But she's from Liverpool, Nova Scotia. She's actually the director of the Queens County Museum, which was one of the haunted sites we went to. And she's firmly convinced that these are the spirits of, you know, dead people that are living in her museum or somebody's house or whatever. And that's fine. You know, she and I don't argue about it. We just look at it in different ways and see different things. Maybe we're both right. Or, maybe, you know, more likely I'm right. <laughs> Sorry, Linda, just kidding. But, you know, there's space enough within that to say that both of us could be right, while at the same time both of us could be wrong. It could be something else. I'm more interested in the experience, usually, than trying to figure out what it is. So I'm more of a chronicler of the experiences. And then it's like, you know, you can do this too. So anybody listening, if you want to come to Nova Scotia, and you want to go to the Queens County Museum, which is a public museum. You can just walk in. They don't even charge admission, although they do request a donation. You can go to the same rooms, pretty much all the same rooms, except for the attic, where we were. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Linda would be cool if you wanted to put out a, an EVP, you know, an audio recorder and see if you could get get some sort of EB, EVP or have some sort of communication. 
So you can go to a lot of these places that we go to and try and have those same experiences yourself, which I also think is pretty cool. And, you know, you can go to the places Zach Baggins is going and and try and have the experiences that he's having. So there is that element to it where, you know, we can all share in this experience. And I think that's a little different than the UFO phenomenon, which is maybe why I like the ghost thing more. Because if there is something to it, I think we can summon the ghost thing. I think we can become part of it. Well, it's also location-specific, too. That's the thing, Chris. I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure that the locations are necessarily, and maybe in some cases they are, but I like the hitchhiker thing. I'm going to use that in season two. Uh, you know, the idea, or in the narration of season one, the the idea that you're you're traveling with it, so it's part of your crew almost, and it's coming along with you. Maybe it is location-specific, but I'm not well, sure that it is. It, 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 lately, I've been really uh, diving into researching Jerome, Arizona, which was one of the most important uh, copper uh, mining towns uh, in the world, actually, uh, if, if you've ever seen an American wheat penny, that copper came from Jerome. Cool place. I, I've been there, and I had a film screen there last year at their film festival. Love Jerome. Great place. Yeah, yeah, I've been really diving into the history of the place, and I've been talking to the historical society folks that are um, really up on, on the haunted site element to this. I'm pretty convinced that there are some very, very specific places in Jerome that have and feature um, unusual ghost-like, if you will, um, phenomena. And it doesn't really vary that much. Um, maybe people's expectations have something to do with that. I'm not sure. But when you have people that, that are not that up to speed and, and familiar with what's been reported there, reporting the same thing that's been reported for years, it's kind of hard not to kind of make the leap that maybe everybody's picking up on something that is present there. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure. I think the jury's still out, but I've been slowly pulled in that direction. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I would agree with you and say that the, the jury is still out on that. I don't rule it out. You know, I I don't know. I actually kind of like that explanation better because it means it's not coming home with me. You know, it's not following me. So that actually is a pretty cool. That's fine. I, I just think it's a little weirder than that. And it might be both. Both things might be true. You know, let me go back to my tired and cliched movie theater thing. If I want to go watch a movie, I can't do it on the corner of Roby Street and you know, and uh, North Street here in Halifax. There's no movie theater there. I actually have to go out and drive to where there's a movie theater and then enter it. That is a particular place where I can have that particular experience. If I want to go see a baseball game, I have to go to the baseball field down the street from me. That kind of thing. So, sure, you know, maybe there are particular places that are, for whatever reason, put this word in quotation marks, haunted or experientially oriented, if you want. Call them portals. Maybe they're portals. Yeah, exactly. And certain individuals may have some sort of quality about them, uh, as yet you know, undefined, that may give whatever it is that's there, whatever energy, uh, spirit form, you know, whatever, however you want to call it, possibly give them permission to manifest or possibly provoke them for some unknown reason. There, there seems to be a cause and effect relationship between certain individuals and the type of, of things that are being reported. Um, for instance, uh, there's quite a number of, of dwellings in Jerome that are, that are considered to be haunted. The people obviously living in these dwellings are the ones that have to deal with it. And we have a couple of very interesting cases where you know, people move out, other people move in, 
they're not aware of the type of activity that's been reported in the past. Uh, people are reluctant to tell them, especially real estate agents who try to <laughs> want to close the deal, that sort of thing. So I think a lot of this is downplayed uh, in many haunted uh, site er uh, areas uh, in terms of, of cha changing of ownership. And invariably, uh, you know, at least in a couple that I know of, I'm not sure about all of them, but invariably in a couple of these locations, the same type of phenomenal uh, occurrences are being reported by people that and you're never sure if, if somebody heard a story or not and whether that impacted their 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 later on experiences. But the best of my knowledge is people were experiencing the same thing that had already been experienced before by others without the foreknowledge of those experiences. So th there's kind of ways to maybe set up little experiments, experiments to maybe test uh, some of these ideas and theories. Uh, and I, I think more work needs to be done in this regard, try to look look at it more scientifically, as opposed to sitting there and, and um, you know maximizing your your potential with um, creeping yourself out and having cameras rolling, which I'm glad. To, and I knowing you, Paul, I know that that's not the the approach you take. But you know, I stopped watching the ghost shows uh, ten years ago. I, I I just I really got fed up. I, I watched a couple of Amy Allen's uh, Dead File shows because I know Amy is the real deal. I've worked with her in the past before she became this uh, TV celebrity. Uh, she's very, very talented. Um, I, I've got slam dunk evidence that she picked up on stuff that I think there are individuals that do have a knack for this sort of thing. I think they have natural abilities and uh, sensitivities that uh, the rest of us uh, don't have. But um, again, I think that um, the shows are doing the subject a disservice. I know it's entertainment. But um, the more science you can bring to bear and, and the more um, well-thought-out experiments, I think, um, that are enacted, I, I, I think that that's going to possibly bring a little bit more legitimacy to the whole, to the whole field. And also, it may be opening up uh, potential vistas of, of new information. Yeah, you know, I don't disagree with that. My, my only comment would be, and I do not mean this to sound the way it's about to sound, but it's the only way I can think of to phrase it. <laughs> Don't care. Like, you know, I'm not a scientist. So there's there's a limit to what I can do. I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a television guy and I have to work within the medium within a, which I work. So for me, and it's kind of the reason I don't go to church. So, and that will make sense in a second, I hope. Like, I, I haven't gone to church in, I don't know, 40 years since my parents said, yeah, you can stop going to church. Because I'm just not interested in having people talk to me or, you know, um, I'm, I'm familiar and uh, well-versed in theology and philosophy and those kinds of things on my own and through my university studies. But what I'm much more interested in, I decided, was in reading the stories of people who have had direct, claim to have had direct spiritual experiences. And uh, I spent a fair amount of time in college studying a guy named Henry Allen, a great evangelist here in the 18th century in Nova Scotia. Paul Kimball, Chris O'Brien, Gene Steinberg, you're in The Paracast. Listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy 
We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. A story begins from Paul Kimball, and then there's the inevitable break. Not a plot, not E.T., not a ghost. Not the trickster, but the way it is. Paul, go ahead. Sure, yeah, very quickly, because I've talked about the Henry Allen before. and But, you know, he talked about being ravaged by the spirit, wrapped up in God. He left a journal, which is a primary document of great importance in Canadian history. I mean, while you guys were fighting a revolution, we were having a spiritual revolution up here in, in the Atlantic colonies, which is one of the primary reasons why my ancestors here in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, didn't join the revolution. They were wrapped up in God, literally, in this revival led by Henry Allen. But he left this journal and he described his experiences in great detail. Well, that's what I find interesting. People's personal journeys, and could I have that happen to me? Could I so, somehow summon that experience myself, if there is a God or whatever it is out there? I haven't been able to do that yet. But, you know, there's no way I can scientifically measure that. Not the least of which is because Alan's been dead for, you know, 200 plus years. But I don't think even if he was here, there's a way I can scientifically measure it. So I'm more of a, I fall more in the tradition of a folklorist or a historical researcher or an oral researcher, you know, like oral history, like Studs Terkel, plus also an experiencer in the sense of, you know, I want to go out like the guy who climbs the mountain himself. I want to go out and see if I can experience it myself. And then all I can do is say, look, here's my story. Here's Holly's story. And by the way, we do take gear with us. Here's what we caught on camera or on our audio recorders or whatever. And I don't think that stuff is ghost hunting gear. I just think they're tools that allow you to interact with whatever might be out there, but also maybe 
just maybe, and I think in our case, absolutely, record some of it so that you can show folks and say, look, we're not crazy, or we're not lying, or we didn't make this up. This backs up what we're telling you. And then I suppose you can always find somebody who said, well, you fake that too. I'm not that good. I don't know anybody I can employ that, that, that is that good to just sort of fake stuff in the moment that we caught. But you know, even then, all I can do is say to folks, you can either trust me and believe me or not. And if not, don't watch the show. Like if you think I'm lying, well, we'll go watch something else. I'm just telling you I'm not. But I'm also telling you I don't care if you think I'm lying because I'm satisfied that the things we experience really happened. You know, I don't know what it means yet. That's why I'm glad we have two more seasons at least <laughs> that I get to go out and do this because every time we go out and do it, we, we, you know, we experience something more. And I think we learn something more, if not about the phenomenon, than about ourselves. And then that always leads me back to, well, okay, what's the point of all this? The point of all this, I've come to believe this over the years, the more I've looked into it, and this includes UFOs too and all the paranormal stuff, is to discover more about ourselves than about what it is, whatever it might be. You know, it's not like trying to give us the secrets of the universe or world peace or anything like that, although maybe. I just think it's trying to make us think about ourselves and come to a greater understanding and awareness of our own emotions, our own place in the universe, or on this planet, the people around us, you know, our relationships with them, and using emotion and using that kind of stuff to sort of bring things out of us that maybe we didn't even know was there. And I can tell you, I'm different now at 50 than I was at 40 before I started doing this. And I think some of that that change emotionally and uh, mentally and philosophically has to do with what I've experienced doing ghost cases, but now doing haunted and, you know, hanging out with Holly, having somebody to travel with, so, to take the journey with together. I can't speak for Holly, but I'm pretty sure that if she was here, she'd tell you the exact same thing that it's changed her. In my case, for the better, I think, and in her case, for the better, too. I think we're both better people for having gone through it, whatever it is. And maybe that's the point of it all. Let's go back to your experiences with the first show. And you mentioned feeling like quitting. And mm -hmm. the implication in what you said is you left the first show for that reason. You kind of had enough or something. Is that true? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And like I said, some of it is business related. I fell out with my um, co-producer. It happens. We just saw things differently. That's that's where I'll leave it. But there was even before that happened, I was also starting to think, you know, this this is like Holly and I used to joke that we really needed to take a trip together to do an ayahuasca purging, you know, with a shaman in, in the depths of the Amazon or something like that. Or I have a very good friend who's an Anglican priest, you know, the Church of England, or sorry, not Church of England, Episcopalians for you guys. Uh, and he said, look, you know, I know folks, anytime you guys need an exorcist or anytime you guys need a cleansing or whatever, you know, you probably do, then we can help. And so you start to think like, wow, is there something, at, what are the implications of all this? And there is an element of it that's frightening, that if there are forces out there that maybe you shouldn't be messing with, and I've I've experienced stuff and I've, I've met people, in, including, you know, my own wife, um, who've experienced things throughout their lives that seem not benevolent. Let me put it to you like that. I won't say malevolent. I'll just say not benevolent, which is to say not necessarily having our best interests at heart, whether they mean us harm or not, or whether it's just, we, you know, they don't care, whatever they are, um, and we might be unwilling victims or whatever to whatever their plans are. I don't know. I don't even know if any of this is all real. So there you go. There's the conundrum I'm in. But yeah, there's no question. Then there was this feeling like, 
I don't want to do this anymore. And especially after the trip Holly and I took to Europe, where I had some really weird stuff happen in the Czech Republic. I mean, just stuff that I didn't even tell Holly about at the time, because I thought, you know, Holly's going to think I'm crazy. And that's a guy who had just spent six months investigating ghosts with her, thinking that she would think I'm crazy because of what I would tell her I had just experienced in the Czech Republic. And, she, you know, she was in the same not there with me, but she was in the same town, obviously. So, you know, eventually I told her. I think she read it in my book because the first time I, I talked about the shadow people of Chesky Krumlov was in, was in the book. I finally figured, yeah, sure, why not? So I'm not afraid about talking about any of this. I don't care if I look foolish or stupid. The experiences were real. And uh, in some cases, they're, they're quite frightening. And you don't know what to make of them. So leading up to the current season um some of it's just physical at 50 you know you get tired after a 16 hour day it's much easier to just spend your time behind the camera but it's emotionally taxing it's mentally taxing uh and you just sort of say is this really what i want to do or maybe this is a younger person's game like holly or dylan and uh, holly prevailed on me and my brother too which was weird he said look you got it you and holly are you're the team you're you're gold which was nice of him to say uh you know he said like the show it's not that it wouldn't be anything without you, but it would be like Robert Patrick replacing David Duchovny. We might get a really good guy, but it's there is a dynamic between Holly and I. And I said, yeah, you know what? I'll keep doing it. As long as Holly's willing to do it, as long as I have her with me, I'm willing to do it. You signed way. for three seasons. I hope you're okay with that. We signed for three seasons afterwards. The great thing is I, you know, we're signed for three. I could leave. Like it it's not contingent on me being part of it. It is contingent, I think, on me being a producer and maybe and a director. Uh, and I have to earn a living, so I can do those things. But to be in front of the camera, to be the guy who's experiencing it, that's different. So my business partner, Ron Foley-McDonald, comes over last night, and I show him the, the episode where the really good evidence, something screams at Holly. There's just no other way to put it. And we we can't explain it. And we've looked. We tried everything. So it's this anomalous sound that frightened you know, the pants off her kind of thing. And Ron's sitting there. And he's watching this and I'm looking over and, and here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, is the sound mix good, Ron? You know, did I get the color grading right? Blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't care. He's like frightened out of his wits. And he, when he left the office and he was going home, he said, I, uh, you know, I live alone. I'm in, the, in my house. I'm going to be looking at shadows and stuff like that. And I went, well, cool. Two things. One, good television. I've edited this right. I've created a journey within that half hour that is scary. But that's not fake. That's reflective of what actually happened. So that's also, you know, that's the kind of thing that Holly and I experienced. And, you know, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm sort of at a loss for words, which is kind of odd for me. But the ex this experience has left me at a loss for words more than once. And it's the kind of thing where you you have to have somebody with you that you trust, that is your friend. I do not want listeners who to hear this, to take this the wrong way, that you love, that you have that kind of friendship with, as Holly and I do, where you can pick up again after nine years of not really seeing each other. And it's just like, boom, we're back at it. And that kind of trust and love and relationship as friends that allows you to do that. I, I wouldn't do it. And and I sort of have that relationship with Dylan, too, in an Obi-Wan to Anakin kind of way. Wait, that ends badly for both of us. Well, we're going to have to end this segment and then go on. With Paul Kimball, Gene, and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Yeah! 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Does the current world crisis in North Korea or our domestic crisis right here in America concern you? Well, I know it concerns me. My friends over at Legacy Food Storage have solutions in the event there's the inevitable. What's the inevitable? Civil unrest, a run on your local grocery store. And here's my question to you. If this happens, how do you feed your children? How do you feed your grandchildren? Legacy Food Storage has the solutions. In fact, they can help you implement a simple plan to take care of your needs in the event of the inevitable. By calling them right now, I have authorized them to give you a special 20% discount at checkout by simply using GCN. Call 888-543-7345 or visit them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. That's 888-543-7345 or visiting them at LegacyFoodStorage.com. Make sure you use GCN at checkout for an incredible 20% discount. Don't be a victim. Take control of your life now. North Korea openly threatens the U.S. and launches a new missile every other week. Their warhead of choice? Electromagnetic pulse. Such an event would cripple the U.S. power grid for years and leave millions in the dark. Are you ready? You can be with a Solark EMP-hardened solar generator. Solark works day in and day out to keep your essentials protected. You can have peace of mind knowing your power will be there when you most need it. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to see EMP testing. That's PortableSolarLLC.com. Energy insurance for your family. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. A really, really good vibrato there, Mr. Kimber. Mm, I say. Yes, well, it's a good something. <laughs> yeah, well, one day we'll figure out what that good something is. Just briefly here. Right now, Haunted is only seen in Canada, or are you getting into the States with this? No, it's only going to be available in Canada. And frankly, uh, Eastlink is a regional network here in Atlanta, Canada. Uh, they have affiliates throughout the country, so eventually it'll crawl across the country, I think. And you know, then we'll try and distribute it around the world. Ghost Cases, for instance, you can, you can watch it on Amazon and Amazon Prime. I think Greg Bishop downloaded them a year ago. So, you know, you can find ghost cases out there. It's available and uh, hopefully uh, haunted because I'm nothing against ghost cases, but, you know, the production values were not where I wanted them to be and a whole host of things. And frankly, you know what? I'm not sure from a professional point of view, my heart was in it. I wasn't doing my best work because I had come out of this horrible feature film experience. So I am on the top of my game now as a just as a television director and producer my last project was a feature film that won awards around the world and and went into 80 festivals so i'm i'm like zoom i'm in the zone so i'm just happier with this show on a whole host of levels but in particular you know just as good television as creating a product that i think is honest but also well put together so i really hope it receives wide distribution but that's kind of out of my hands at the moment, all I can do is say it's available in Canada or will be starting October 17th. And then hopefully, eventually, as Ghost Cases was available everywhere else, too. A very silly question. As a director, if someone came to you and said, you know what, Paul, we like your attitude. Joss Whedon is not doing it anymore. Zack Snyder isn't. Justice League 3, 2022. You're ready for it. Uh, that's not going to happen. But if of I... Of course. I'll... I'll tell you two things. One, I'm a huge comic book fan, especially DC Comics. I'd love to. I'm sure whatever they pay you would be awesome. I'd turn them down. I, I don't have the ability to do that. It's not within my the abilities that I have. I'm an indie filmmaker, so I'm more like Ingemar Bergman or that kind of thing. I, I would not be prepared to direct a multi, multi-million dollar film. And I don't think I ever will. Because it's not the kind of thing I'm interested in doing. I prefer smaller crews and and different types of stories. I like watching those films as long as Zack Snyder isn't directing them, Hack Snyder. But you know, it's it's no. I'd I'd say no. You know, the money's great, but no thanks. I'm happy where I am. So you think Joss doing reshoots for Justice League is going to kind of clean it up? No idea. Talented guy though. Um, unlike Snyder, who is a hack. So hopefully. Maybe, but I don't know. I'll, I'll go watch it, and it's either going to be good like Wonder Woman or terrible like uh, Batman versus Superman. We'll see. Well, the biggest thing, the best thing about Batman v Superman was Wonder Woman. Her presence, you know, shines. What do you think about the TV stuff before we get on with other business? The CW TV shows, you see them at all? I do. You know what? It's weird. If I was a kid, if I was like 18 or 15 or 14 and this was happening, it was what we dreamed of back in the 70s and 80s when when we were all kids, my friends and I. Like, oh, if only they had a crappy Justice League show, I think, for like half a season or something. And it, you know, went, wow, this is awesome. And yet, here's the thing. Sometimes, be careful what you wish for. 
So I watched Arrow for a couple of years and then I, uh, the one that was really good was flash. I thought the first season or two was, and was really well done, but then that started to bog down, uh, daredevil. The first season of daredevil on Netflix was some of the best television I've ever seen. Uh, Vincent Onofrio is the kingpin was amazing. Charlie Cox was amazing. And yet, you know what? Most of the other Netflix offerings, uh, Jessica Jones was really good too. Um, have been underwhelming. The Defender series was terrible. I mean, just terrible. So it's a mixed bag. And um, I don't watch as much of the CW stuff. I'll still tune into The Flash a bit. but And I do watch the Netflix stuff, Iron Fist. I even watched Iron Fist. But That was kind just, of a stretch. Iron Fist was not quite as good as the others. No, there are things I would do differently with all of them. Um, I think the one that's a real success has been Daredevil. That's the one that you know you sort of look at and go, yep, that one they got right. And Jessica Jones. Those are the two. And the first two seasons of The Flash. Everything else, eh, not really for me. I kind of like the musical version of Flash called Duets. Don't know if you saw that. Because all these people who are on these shows are Broadway stars or from Glee or something. So they're all good at singing. The reviews for that episode were awesome because he it's Supergirl too, right? He duets with Supergirl. Yeah, well, Supergirl no also is a pretty good singer, but Grand Gustin is like watching a young Dick Van Dyke. He has that kind of Oof. dance attitude. He's the guy who plays Flash. Cool. Then, then my thing is put him in a show where he can be a young Dick Van Dyke. But if he's playing Barry Allen, the Flash, I don't want to see him sing. I want to see him be the Flash. Yeah. So I, I can't I believe what I'm hearing. They have musical. Uh, superhero uh, shows. It was one episode, and the reason they did it is because everybody on there was a Broadway star. You had like Victor Garber, of course, we're familiar with, and Jesse L. Martin from Law and Order, who also appeared in the original Broadway cast of Rent. And you have Jeremy Jordan from Supergirl, who's a Tony Award winning actor. That's why you did it. Because they're all singers, and they decide to exploit that. Let's get away from the superheroes. Yeah, don't don't take this wrong, but man, that sure sounds gay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with musicals. I mean, not everybody has to be gay. To well, watch a musical. musical superheroes. It's like, oh my. Like, I love musicals. When Holly and I were in London, we went to five musicals in four days. Uh, we saw two in one day. Love them, love them, love them, love them. Don't want to see it on a superhero show. So that's, yeah, exactly. I, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with with musicals. I mean, I, I have my other preferences, uh, but you know, I've I've gone and seen you know the odd uh, musical uh, when I was in New York, and, and that stuff. sounds and, odd. The way you say it sounds odd. I remember one thing too. When we lived in New York, <laughs> my wife was a singer, and therefore we'd see that. I'll just give you one final thing. Watching the composers of the movie. La La Land, the music from there, wrote one song for Grant Gustin in duets at the close where he proposes to Iris West and that he sings a song from those people. That's all. I think it's worth watching. Let's get back to ghosts and weird stuff and all that. Now, I'd like to look at the stuff that made you want to quit, Paul, like in the first season of the other show. And you implied some real big stuff was going on as you're filming just very recently. Can you give us some more details on what happened? Oh, sure. Well, here's, here's the, the Queens County Museum, which is, you know, it's, oh, there's so much to unpack in that one. But I went upstairs. It was the first episode we uh, did in the season. And the first time I'd been back for nine years. So Mac Tony's, uh, for folks who, who know me, was one of my best friends. He and I used to joke. In fact, we, he visited me here in Halifax once. 
And we drove out late one night. We were listening to Smith's music. And, you know, this is going to sound very bromancy. But we got to the edge of a lake and we just parked the car. This story is not going where you think it's going. And we were listening to the Smiths and the song. Actually, after we discussed the musicals, by the way, ladies there and gentlemen. There you go. We're talking about musicals and the, we have him and Mac Tony's. But before we do that, let me leave a cliffhanger. Because it's not what you think, but obviously it's something fascinating about Mac Tony's, who was also a friend of the show. We had him on. We had some really enjoyable episodes. I enjoyed his book, and I kind of feel that if he was around longer, that book would have been fleshed out further. We've got more to come with Paul, Gene, and Chris. You're in The Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. With nearly 70 years of history engineering bunkers, today, Atlas Survival Shelters is still the authority. Atlas offers 18 different choices, from commercial tornado shelters to underground nuclear fallout shelters. Starting at just $99.99, with 100% financing available, comfortable interiors, and state-of-the-art air filtration systems. Atlas Survival Shelters are the most popular private survival shelters in the world. Call 1-855-4-BUNKER-NOW or visit atlassurvivalshelters.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
rehabilitation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2979-855-700-2979-855-700-2979. That's 855-700-2979. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so you and Mac Tonys are together. Just listening couple- to Morrissey. I, it, it just something wrong there. It- <laughs> Quiet, heathen. Um, anyway, so <laughs> it sounds like there's a song on Howard Stern where someone sings, it's just wrong. There was this great time when we, uh, Walter Bosley, me and Greg were doing Radio Mysterioso in the uh, studio at Kill Radio when Greg was still there. And he, uh, he said, I'm going to put some music on. I got to use the washroom. So he left. And when he left, I turned to Walter. I said, hey, watch this because Greg hates the Smiths. So I locked the door. I locked him out of the studio. Then I put the Smiths on. You could hear from the hallway, what the f-? And, you know, fill in the blank. And bang, bang, bang. And it was it was there as a light that never goes out. And I said, Mac told me to play it. And, uh, oh, and Walt- classic. Walter was laughing his head off. So anyway, there we are. We're sitting, you know, there is a light that never goes out. And it's all about dying. And if a 10-ton bus killed the both of us. And we made this Harry Houdini-like pact which is whoever would go first, and I thought it would be me for a host of reasons, not the least of which is I was older than Mac, you know, they'll come back. If you can come back, they'll come back. Try and make contact kind of thing. So Mac died just after Ghost Cases started filming. So when I shot Ghost Cases, I would have done this back then, but he was still alive, and he passed away a couple of weeks after our first episode aired. And that, I have to admit, that that there was a little bit of that that, got me out of the ghost thing too long story you know i was really depressed at that there's no other way to put it so flash forward and i I, frankly i just go in and i say look i don't care what i didn't quite say like this but i don't care what ghost might be here this is where i'm i'm back ghost hunting and i'm gonna call in my chit with mac this is my bet the bet that we made i took zorgrod for anybody who knows my stuff alien duck 
that I from a planet that I can't name for security reasons. And Mac was a big fan of Zorgrod. We traveled with him, whatever. And I said, look, I'm going to put Zorgrod on top of a mannequin because Mac loved mannequins and being a museum, they had a bunch of these mannequins up in a storage area. And Mac, if you are out there in the great wide open, come on down. I'm inviting you down. This is where we, this is where we do the bet thing, right? So push the duck off the mannequin or do something. Uh, so I'm upstairs in what they call the void, which was an archive room. And if you turn the lights off, it was a void. You couldn't see like two inches in front of your face. So the, the void wasn't referring to anything paranormal. It was just you couldn't see anything. But they had had reports of all sorts of paranormal activity up there. Holly was at the bottom of the stairs leading up to the void. I couldn't see her. And Kim Bennett, who was somebody we had for the first few episodes of the show, just kind of a friend who came along. She was out in the room just past the stairwell. So there you go. And she had the REM pod. Now, if anybody knows what a REM pod is, you can see it on Ghost Adventures or whatever. And among other things, it'll light up if somebody moves around it. It has a temperature gauge. And if the temperature changes, it'll go red for temperature going up or blue for temperature going down. But, and it'll make a little beep, beep. But it's not supposed to keep the blue on or the red on and just keep going beep. Anyway, I'm up in the attic and I say Mac's name. You know, I'm up here and I'm going to do this thing with Mac Tonys. And Holly knew Mac. She had met him. And as soon as I said that, I didn't hear it. But downstairs, the blue light on the REM pod came on and it started going beep. And so Holly waits a bit and then she calls up. She doesn't want to ruin the shot. We're professionals. And she calls up and she says, Paul, when she realizes I'm done my setup for that segment. And I go, yeah. And Dylan's still filming. And she says, look, as soon as you said Mac's name, the REM pod down here kicked off it like it started beeping and it's been going ever since and i went okay well that's weird and i'm really shortening this up so i go down i walk past holly i walk in and sure enough there's kim sitting there in this darkened room with it and there's little blue light on it that is going beep and so it's making the noise and this blue light is coming on so i walk over and i i go sure i'm gonna double down on this mac if you're there if this is mac trying to communicate with me stop beeping stops beeping and Here's the really short story. So I kind of had a five or 10 minute conversation with, I don't know, maybe it was Mac, but interacting with this and whatever's out there was, I kind of compared it to the episode of Star Trek where Captain Pike in the original series is, is horribly disfigured and he can only answer with one beep for yes and two beeps for no. And that's kind of how I was playing it. And that's kind of what I was getting. So I will tell you a couple of things about this and then a whole bunch of other stuff unrelated to that happened later in the night there. So here's a couple of takeaways. One, the REM pod has never behaved like that anywhere else. Other than that place, I didn't do any more, hey, Mac, are you out there kind of things. That's the only place it did that. It was We checked the REM pod. It wasn't a battery issue. It wasn't anything. This was unique to that location. And the other really weird thing is, so this was back in April. The East Coast Paraconference, I've done it for the last three years. It's in Liverpool. Um, it's run by Linda Rafuse and others there. And she, as I mentioned earlier, is the director of that particular museum. And they do sort of ghost nights during the Paraconference. Hey, so you hear Paul Kimmel and Micah Hanks and, and Ryan Sprague and Greg Bishop speak. And then tonight you can come to the uh, Queens County Museum and we'll do a ghost hunt. And I wound up leading one of those ghost hunts. Uh, or ghost investigations uh, this year, and we took our gear down. Dylan was there. That That's important. Dylan Garland was there, my cameraman, and he had been there filming me, of course, when I was doing this Mac Tony's thing. Haven't had anything like that happen since. It had been several months. Everybody else left, sat down, and I just said, you know what? 
got the REM pod here. Uh, same room. I'm going to try this again. Hey, Mac, are you out there? Beep. And the blue light comes on and won't turn off. I go, Dylan, because he's in a different room. I was alone. I said, Dylan, you're the only person here who will understand this. You know, so he comes running in. I can't tell you what he said because I assume you guys are PG rated. But he uttered a few profanities that might rhyme with truck. And it's like, holy, like this had not happened ever again. Let me stop for a second because it's very interesting. What we could do here is reconvene and have more stuff on after the Paracast where there is no censorship, no FCC to block this. So that could be a good promotion. Let's go on. Sure. So I'll finish the story because Greg was there. Ryan Sprague was there too, and Micah Hanks, because uh, they were all speaking and we'd all gone. And there were a whole bunch of other people too. So Greg eventually, also one of Mac's best friends, wanders in, you know, what's going on? Ryan had come in first and Ryan's mind was blown because I explained to him, you know, the circumstances of why this was happening. He's going, oh my God, you know, is Mac here kind of thing. And I do the Q&A thing again and it seems to be interacting. Greg comes in and Greg's very skeptical. He believes me and Dylan that this had happened to us, but he's he's skeptical of the Mac Tony's thing, but open-minded. And then one of us, and I can't remember who, I think it was me, but it might've been Dylan said, look, and everybody else had left. It was just me, Greg, and Dylan. Ryan had wandered off to do something else. And we were closing down the night. Or Dylan said, look, let's go up to the void, that archive room where the, the mannequins are, and see if we can get anything up there. And the REM pod had stopped beeping by then because we'd stopped trying to interact with it. So we take it up with us. And we're just standing there. And I'm, I filmed this with my iPad. And I am so glad I did because nobody would believe us if we told you this. But we have it. Here it is on camera. Now, have Greg Bishop on and ask him about this. I actually think this blew Greg's mind. Like I, I've known Greg for years. Dear friend, I've never really seen him flustered. This flustered him. So Dylan is holding the REM pod. We're standing next to a mannequin. Dylan knows about Mac's love of mannequins and his interest in them, you know, as a, as a hobby, whatever. He reaches out. He takes it. He sticks it because the mannequin doesn't have a head. So the heads, it's their headless mannequin. So there's a place you could put the REM pod. Fits perfectly on it, like as snug as a bug. Puts it on top of the REM pod, or sorry, on top of the mannequin. And the thing goes beep with this blue light. And we're all like, whoa. And Greg said something along the lines of, and I'll, I'll post this clip on the Paracast. You know what, Gene? I'm all about uh, helping out. I'll send this to you and you stick it up in the members only part. So here's a bonus for you, folks. You'll be able to see this. Greg Bishop, Dylan Garland, and Paul Kimball. Um, and I think it was Greg or maybe Dylan. Somebody said, look, uh, take it off and see what happens if it's not on the mannequin. And uh, Dylan takes it off and it immediately stops. Let's do our break here. Sure. It stops and therefore we have to stop. Reconvene with Gene and Chris and Paul. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's 
TechNightOwl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Dr. Carolyn Dean wants you to have a free chapter of her new book, The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition, and it's available at magmiracle.com. In your free chapter, Dr. Carolyn Dean explains how magnesium is essential to support the structure and function and overall health of your body. Your free chapter is your guide to learn how to support your heart, bone, metabolic, lung, and mental health with this powerful mineral. The Magnesium Miracle Second Edition is available on Amazon, but right now get a free chapter at magmiracle.com, spelled M-A-G, miracle.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Hello, Mr. Anderson. The NSA has noticed how much time you spend on conservative news sites. We have no choice but to consider you a domestic terrorist. Tired of your internet activity being monitored by Big Brother? Get VirtualShield.com, the world's easiest to use virtual private network. Browse the web anonymously, leaving pesky advertisers and spies in the dust. Get started today at VirtualShield.com. Take advantage of our free 30-day trial. VirtualShield.com. You have the right to remain private. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
Okay, so now everything stops. Here's the scene. The tension rises. I'm just making that up. That's a pretty accurate description. Oh, is it? You see, I just made it up and I was right. This is the first time in years. Yeah. Greg, who's skeptical of the ghost thing, ask him. You know, I think mind blown kind of thing. I think he was a little shaken. And I sure was. And even, you know, Dylan was pretty shaken too. And we kind of, it was a fun shaken though, not a frightened shaken. It was like, wow, you know, crazy. And then it was, we left like that, you know, at some point you just kind of close it down. But I think we kind of left thinking one of three things, total coincidence, equipment malfunction that seems to be happening only at this one place because it functions perfectly well and had earlier in the day elsewhere at every other location. Okay, maybe that's true. I call that the Lance Moody explanation. The other possibility, maybe it really was Mac. Maybe you could call out to him. Maybe he's out there. You know, the bet we made all those years ago, or not bet, I guess, but whatever you want to call it, vow or something like that, he paid off. Like he said, cool, you asked, I came. Or third possibility, maybe the more likely one, is that something was pretending to be Mac interacting with us because we had opened the door and said, oh, okay, I'm going to play for good reasons or bad. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to pretend I'm this Mac Tony's guy that you guys all seem to like. Those, to me, are the only three possibilities. Occam's Razor, ghosts. We're putting that on a t-shirt. That's one of our slogans. Occam's Razor, ghosts. But we all left. All three of us. Dylan went in a hardcore skeptic. For him, it was just a gig. And all three of us when Dylan and I finished the first season, Dylan said, yeah, my view of this has changed. And I think Greg's view of it might have changed a bit too after after our experience in the Queens County Museum at the paraconference. You'd have to ask Greg to be sure. Did we run into Mac Tonys? I don't know. I'd like to think so. But, you know, maybe we ran into something else. But it was definitely one of those things where, you know, I, I can't find an explanation for it that satisfies the skeptical part of my mind. Well, this is, you know, very interesting how things like that happen when you kind of open the door for them, which is kind of what you did here. Right. Of course, you have no guarantee, and it's obvious that this is Mac Tony's kind of keeping tabs on you. It could be something else. It could be just, you know, some kind of shtick going on. I don't know. I'm kind of looking at it now because it's still sitting on my iPad. I don't have the sound playing, but I'm looking at the video. When the blue light goes on, as soon as he puts it on the mannequin, you know, you can just hear three guys go, you know, that kind of like, wow. And maybe it is a coincidence. I don't know. Maybe we see what we want to see, except there's this thing going off in a place. The only time it ever happens is when we did the Mac Tony's thing, for lack of a better term, in this one location. So that's a pretty big coincidence to me. Doesn't mean it isn't, but that seems to me the least likely answer, actually. And the more likely answer is maybe something was trying to uh, to interact with us, and maybe even someone, maybe Mac. I don't know, but I'd like to think so. On the other hand, it could be all of you having this energy because the way you cared for Mac created a circumstance where this happened. Sure, possible. That's cool, too. That's an interesting sort of thought as well. Your collective unconscious gave you what you want, but that also creates another possibility for all the paranormal things we see whether it's a Mm -hmm. ghost whether maybe ufos we create them greg would just love hearing you say that and i i I couldn't actually uh disagree there is a co-creative uh process uh, i think underlying many if not most of these types of paranormal events i agree 
Wow. Okay, there we go. We're all in agreement. Well, okay, thanks, well, you can end the show now because when this happens, well, I don't know. But then again, all that's telling us is that there are a lot of strange things that are happening and we don't even begin to understand the powers of the human mind, the human conscious, the collective unconscious, any of this stuff. So any of us who've had synchronistic things or coincidences or just escaping a nightmare or disaster can go back and say, did we do that? Did that happen to us? Was it a shared experience? What? Well, the funny thing is a lot of this has caused me to reassess some of the things that I had thought about elements of the paranormal, particularly ufology and particularly certain ufologists. So I've become a much, I won't say a fan, but I've become much more open to the point of, I think, really believing what they're saying. Billy Meyer, uh, Steve Greer. Wow, I'm totally in with Steve Greer now. Um, okay, sorry, I can't keep a straight face. There you go. That's that's not true. But somebody can take that as a quote out of context and use it against me down the road. No, those guys are still crazy. The sad part is that they take advantage of what I think is a real phenomenon. I think maybe Meyer and Greer and people like that, they are the worst kind of uh, hucksters, like Sean David Morton. They use people's interest in a subject, their desire to know, to learn. In many, for the people that they take advantage of, their desperation, really, to know, to learn. And they twist it in the most egregious yeah, ways. Yeah. And it's such a personal violation that they're not just like your run-of-the-mill hoaxer. Like, you know, say somebody wants to hoax a UFO photo for money. That, you know, fine. I'm not saying fine, but yeah, relatively low rent. These guys are deeply wounding people in the most personal way and doing the greatest disservice to what I think is actually a real phenomenon. That's what really offends me about it because I go out there and I have these experiences and I talk to real people who have real experiences themselves. And I go, I think this there's something profound here at work. And you guys are ruining it for everyone. <laughs> thank you, Paul. Really, thank you so much for saying that. David Wilcock, Corey Good, Pete Peterson, mm-hmm. and Burrish. I mean, you, you go down the list of people that are, they're not maybe Sean David Morton or Billy Meyer, but they're part of the problem. And they are muddying the waters at the very least. And at the most, as you put it, they are deeply wounding and misleading people and toying with their belief systems and, uh, you know, their, their inner core. Uh, and, and it's just inexcusable. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And you know what? It's kind of like politics, and I'm not going to mention any particular politician, but if you see somebody who is doing something like that in the political sphere, they're always surrounded by enablers, people who should know better or do know better. But for whatever reason, they go along. I mean, Hitler had a bunch of those people, so I can use Hitler. That's easy. And there were a lot of people within the Nazi system who didn't necessarily believe in Nazism, but they went along for the ride. Ufology has that, too. And I'll just leave you with this name. Richard Dolan. Every time you stand on a stage or sit on a stage with Corey Good, you're doing more harm than good, as the case may be. <laughs> no pun Actually, intended. Actually, the pun was intended, but sure, it was a terrible pun. <laughs> right, right. I noticed that I've asked Richard Dolan to come back on the show, and maybe he thinks he's not going to get the treatment he deserves. So, we'll... Or he thinks he's going to get the treatment he deserves. There might well, be that. We- 
We can talk about that and after the Paracast, and I'll explain why he's the worst defender in the Roswell Slides scam. Yeah. Okay, that's the way we're going to lead that. And after the Paracast, Paul's going to be back. He'll be back. And then we'll see what happens. Paul Kimball, tell our listeners, please, where they can find more of the stuff you do. Uh, the best place to look would be our company's website, Winter Light Productions, all one word. So winter is in the season, light is in L-I-G-H-T, and then productions.com. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast, and now they're experimenting with twice as many characters. So you can insult us with 288 characters instead of just 144. Isn't that spectacular? I also have another radio show, The Tech Night Out Live, where I'll be reviewing a 5K TV set that the idiots at UPS left on an open patio on my first floor apartment. Just just toss it in there. Anyone could have taken it. But that's where it goes. I still found it. We have that special feature of the show that Paul will be present and accounted for on called After the Paracast. It's only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com for sign-up instructions. We give you a version of this show free of the network ads, better audio, and special video features from Paul Kimball and other people. Lots of fascinating stuff there. Check it out, plus.theparacast.com. Paul Kimball, you almost made me a believer in ghosts. (laughs) Well, all journeys have to start somewhere, Gene. So, thanks, Paul. Thank you, guys. Always enjoy talking to you. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>